Sten Morgan here. I hope you're doing well. I want to announce that we are launching the How to Be an Elite Advisor course. We are combining all of our best teachings and ideas into a course that you can complete in less than a week. I want to share with you the best ideas that I implement within my practice that have helped me achieve more than I ever thought possible. I want to share how I have unique meetings with clients. What's the mindset of an elite advisor? How do you prospect in a way that'll separate you from other advisors? At the Elite Advisor Network, we reject average. I want to help you see what your full potential is and reach it faster. Set time aside this week to take the course. Click on the link or go visit gobeelite.com. I'll talk to you soon. Welcome to Becoming an Elite Financial Advisor. I'm Sten Morgan here with Andy Traub. And today we are going to be very direct. And I think one thing our industry lacks is clarity on what should I do next. That really a lot of things can be successful. If you get into this business, just try a lot of stuff and eventually it'll work out. Yeah. We are going to challenge you today with what is the ideal planning team? And this is... And we're going to talk about how to build on top of them, but let's just go dive right into, you know, we, we call this a team of five. Yep. Um, and those positions are, I'll, I'll go through the, the titles. Yeah, and, we, and I know that a team like this can manage a $3 million plus practice in okay. a healthy way. So the first is a lead advisor. That usually happens. This is a sole advisor that is slowly building a team. Uh, the next one could be a partner advisor or secondary advisor. A lot of times the second hire could be a relationship manager. Sure. Sure. So a lot of teams, it's a relationship manager and an advisor, and they're just plugging along. And then eventually you add like a paraplanner, junior advisor. So you need a lead advisor, a secondary advisor to help that lead advisor with flow, an admin customer relationship person. You also someday need a practice manager. You need somebody that takes off the lead advisor. What does it look like to run a healthy business, keep the team members motivated? And then the ultimate progression would be is you have like a director of planning, somebody that is doing data input, report creation, and they live and own that space. Yeah. So with those five positions to work towards those and make sure that they are high quality people, that is a thriving financial planning investment practice, even some insurance practices should look that way. And if you can get to this place with this team as a lead advisor, the business owner, you will have a lot of time on your hands to travel, be with your family, do what you want to do. You will have great profit. And you'll make a huge impact. I think your team, I, I want to talk about one of those positions specifically because in our conversations with hundreds of advisors, it's the one that I think that most, it's the position that the most advisors kind of go, oh, good to know that. Or they just go, I don't really get that one. They kind of gloss yep. over it. Yep. I, I'll say this. If you add a relationship manager, if you add a head of planning, if you add another advisor, what you end up with is you end up managing those people. Yep. Instead of doing what you do best, which is to go out, usually prospect and, and to you know work meet with clients, and so by having that director of operations, right, that mm -hmm. that layer between you and your staff, yep. that is it's not a don't think of it as like a I don't want to be around my staff. It's no, I want my staff to be more taken care of. That's right. Uh, and so that's why I have. That's why I have this person in place. Yeah. And so, I also and get to... it frees you up to do what you do best. I get to enjoy my team more because I used to be the one that walked in there probably like, oh, he's here. You know, like the source of all accountability just walked yeah. in the office versus now Jamie gets to sit with them. It comes much better from her, just the way she presents it. Like, hey, what are you struggling with? Hey, we, we talked about getting this thing done. Why wasn't it done? Or hey, the quality. Hey, next time can we... Like, she's just better at communicating that than I am. And now when I'm around them, I get to actually just be a participant in meetings as opposed to being the one for years I was leading everything and trying to yeah. just crack the whip. Now it's, 
I have somebody that's also held accountable to results as a practice manager. If the practice isn't growing, like, Hey, Jamie, tell me why that's not happening. It's amazing to me. And again, that's why we're going to be really direct here. I I used to work for a ministry called young life and there was a position called the area director. And and the joke they said is like, basically you need to be Jesus and really good at administration. (laughs) Like the idea of like, you are relational with high school kids. That was the ministry. And you're good with adults because you have to have a volunteer team that or a volunteer committee. And you're good with college kids because they're your volunteers. And you're good at finding, it's like, that, do, that person doesn't exist. Doesn't exist, yeah. And so that's why today as we talk about this, stop trying to be all things. Yep. You are not all things. And, and the answer to running a great practice is not to learn four different skills. We yep. talked about the superpowers episode. We'll put a link to it in the show notes. Like, yep. go back to it. Find a way to live in your superpower mm-hmm. and hire around that. Some Part of the genius of this five-member team and the way it develops, I, as I, from an outside perspective, is that if you can get someone that's new to the business mm-hmm. and they get to watch uh, the lead advisor and they get to learn how to do financial planning, then, and, and frank, frankly, they're part for a while, they are your planning department. They're, right. they're the one doing all that planning administrative work. Yep. When they go to then start to develop their, their, their own client base, as, as you're doing with yours, yep. um, they, they, they're very, very in tune. They, they understand what they're offering, what they're selling, what they're delivering. And they've been sitting in meetings, taking notes. Yep. They've been delivering on the financial planning services. I mean, it, they're just so, it is such an unbelievable like internship, if you will, versus like, oh, just sell to people you know, and hopefully you survive. Yeah, unfortunately, at times the industry would you almost end up with a team of like three advisors all producing their own stuff and just sharing expenses, mm. which is fine. It's better than just being on your own and paying for expenses that you maybe aren't fully utilizing. So why is having someone that's sort of younger who's not experienced better than sort of three people that are all kind of doing the same thing? I have found, and this is in my experience, that if you if you have an, a senior advisor that has been there and done that to some extent, they've gave come to a place where they're like, I want to own my own schedule. Like, yeah. I just want to produce. I want to come and go as I please. But when you're trying to build a team, you need to be able to hold them accountable. And so when I bring somebody in and I salary them and I motivate and bonus them and train them, like I have more impact control over what their day-to-day use of time is. Yeah. And for my practice, I needed that. Just bringing in a bunch of advisors that are just want to do whatever they want. It yeah. might have helped save some expenses, but it wouldn't have helped grow the practice that I wanted. That's not to really a team. I mean, it's not. It's like it's, yeah, like it's expense th- sharing. It's not a team. Yeah. yeah, it's like having three point guards on a basketball team. It's like a three and three tournament. Like uh, we need a power forward and a center, and said we've got three guys who like to shoot. <laughs> that's you right. Know, who rebounds? I don't know. We just hope we hit the shots. You know, like that's not that's yeah. not very helpful, right? Yeah. You, you have to. And again, we're trying to build some structure, right? Yeah. I mean, think if you build a house, it's like uh, we want three living rooms. Like, where do you make your food and where do you go to the bathroom? No, we yeah. just want we want. The fun part. That's right. No, that, you have to have a balanced team. So, And beyond the five, the, the next one, there's probably space to add another lead advisor. Yeah, you I was going to ask you about that. So what, what, yeah, what, what else could you add? Let's just do some variables. Because, like, again, people are like, how do I fit in this? Where am I? Yep. And they're going, oh, my gosh, I have two advisors. Am I doing it wrong? We have four advisors. You know, I have two administrators. Am I doing it wrong? I have four advisors. How many more advisors could we add? Yeah. So how, how many more advisors could you add? That's my yeah. question. This this isn't the only way to do it. I think we've experienced so many teams now, and I've been around so many advisors that if you don't have a team, say it's you and one person, an admin, like we want to give you something to look forward to that's yeah. tested and proven so you can start building a plan towards it. But if your team looks different than this, that's fine. I think there are probably gaps that you need to be honest with yourself that 
is this just purely expense sharing and feels better than if I was on my own? Cause I like seeing people in the office. Like that could be your business model. But if you want to say, I want people that live in their superpower that drive me to be better, that free me up to do the things I want to do best. I know when I hired my first person, it took 60% of the stuff off my plate I was doing. Huge win for me. The next hire probably took another 50% of my stuff off my plate. Wow. I was slowly taking steps into like, I enjoy meeting with clients most right. and getting those clients such good results that they refer me people. So let's go back real quick because I want to be practical with that. The 60% yep. was probably because you were just doing a ton of admin stuff. Oh, all applications, all onboarding, right. and all money the movement. 50% of what you had left. So people are like, okay, what, you, what did you have left? And I think that was probably... Now, it was it was bigger than administrative. It was more some of the financial plan, some of the yeah, moving money some around. Some knowledge was required on right. uh, prepping for review meeting reports, uh, agendas. It was uh, running scheduling meeting, running illustrations, right. anything that was kind of above somebody that was able to just kind of do the process. Well, stuff. yeah, someone's like someone's license or getting their license. That's right. right. And yep. so that's that's why that second hire is someone who's sort of young yep. in the business. And yep. again, I mean. I don't know an advisor who's listening right now that wouldn't want someone who could come with some measure of knowledge and hunger mm-hmm. and stick around and grow and and become what they could become. Um, mm-hmm. I think that most people just don't think about that because I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's, I think this, the industry, and again, you can correct me if I'm wrong on this. I think the industry is like, let's throw a thousand people at the wall. Yep. And if 30 of them stick, that's great. So you just burn out of all the people that are young. And, and there's a lot of potential there that's completely wasted because of the way the structure is. Yeah, there's a lot of great advisors that would serve people well, love on people well, that aren't prospectors. And thrown into the deep end, which is what our industry does, of like, hey, good luck, find enough business to feed yourself. Yeah, They're going to go work you know, for somebody that's going to pay them a salary somewhere that may not be exciting, but they, they, they're kind of relegated to that. Versus our approach was, you will join us in a two-year track. Right. And we will train you for two years. And at the end of that, you're going to decide to either stay internal or you're going to become an advisor that we're going to start pushing business towards. As you build this infrastructure out, you will have a capacity at some point to probably have another advisor come in, which is what I did with Dustin. He came on with his own book of business. He kind of does his own thing. But we our system had enough capacity to handle his request too. And right. now the firm receives an override. So as you build this, there's probably a place in our future where we take an advisor that says, you know, has a hundred million of AUM or something that's like, Hey, I just want to be part of a great team that has great staff yeah. because I want to have more time. I've kind of built something. And if it's a culture fit, we'll say, Hey, plug into our system. But that can't jeopardize the core. Like I can't have that advisor replace Jamie. Like that advisor couldn't replace Chris or Brooke. Like right. all those roles leading up to this, this five person team is so important to have. If you want to great, grow a, a great long-term practice and actually have balance in your life beyond that, there's probably room for other advisors because it becomes more about profitability and feeding the the beast that yeah. you've created. Let's talk about how you could build this wrong. Like, you know, I don't know if you've ever been to a house and there's like, you know, like the living room's way too big. And you're like, this house is like all living room. The yeah. bedrooms are tiny. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like the idea of like, I was in a house once and I had like nine bathrooms. I'm like, yeah. do you guys have issues? You know, like why is there, it's imbalanced. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So my question is, and this is where I'm going to go with this. Mm-hmm. We know of a practice that has like three time, at least two and a half administrators for every advisor. Mm-hmm. It has like 20 some and there's like eight. I mean, it's like, yeah. what is going on? And it's literally just the, I don't, I don't know what, ha- I don't know how they became that way, but like, yeah. what are some ways that people sort of, whether it's just by the way they've done it in the past or that you could do this wrong. Like you said one, which is all advisors, no admin. 
Yeah, or all advisors and just relationship managers. Because then the are we running a good business here? Is this thing profitable? Like I found I needed a practice manager, somebody that was not in the day-to-day processing, but more like, hey, are we setting vision together? I'm going to project manage the things that Sten says we need to get she, done. And that, that person also is going to be in charge of marketing to a large degree. Uh, oversee project manage. She's not the marketer, but she's going to project manage everything for legacy that has to do with, are we running a good business Yeah, and project manage? You know, we have, we're literally sitting in this, go to YouTube, please Yeah, subscribe to the channel, like, and subscribe, <laughs> hit that, whatever bell, whatever. Anyway. Uh, but, uh, seriously do that. Um, but that, that we're in a studio that she helped us build out. That's right. Right. And, and it's like, we're moving offices around as the companies grow mm-hmm. way to go. Right. Yeah. But like, do you want to do that as an advisor? Do you trust you your... could? And I used to, but it was not the best use of my time. Is that your superpower? Not at all. Interior no. design and prospecting. Yeah, and, and so, yeah. so that was a, a huge role to, for me to have. So again, there's the advisor heavy model. There's the uh, support heavy model. And you may, if you if your practice is you want to have four thousand clients, like you probably need more administrative support. Yeah, um, and that's your business model. So I would say this team of five could vary. I just know if you want to be a planning consulting based practice to where people come in and they pay you for time and ideas, you need this level of support to run a great practice. We have a lot of money under management. This team can help handle that. We do some great big insurance cases. This team can help manage that. I look back and I wish when I started and hired, if I said, okay, that's probably not a year or two from now, but in four years, I know what I'm working towards. I know what my next hire is. I can now write that job description and know what I'm getting rid of versus mine was, man, I'm trying to survive. Okay. We have a problem now. Yeah. I need to hire to solve a problem versus like, oh, I see that problem coming. I'm going to hire ahead of it. So I'm less desperate in the hiring process. So as an example, there's a couple of different examples of, I think of folks in our lead advisor network of how they're doing this to some degree. So we have an advisor that said, Hey, um, before I bring on another advisor, I want to get a certification. Um, CFP, I believe. Mm-hmm. And they said, hey, I want, I want to do that. I want to do more of the planning. Um, I definitely need an administrator. And I think they draw, brought on kind of a, an ops person as well. Um, but they'll be positioned in probably 12 months to bring on a, a junior advisor, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's another that, you know, just does, has probably five advisors, three admins, one mm-hmm. head of planning, um, I'm thinking of another that has no planning department right now. or literally just going to hire that spot. Nice. It's just literally going to go find that. Um, that's two advisors, two admins, and then they're going to have a head of financial planning. Because yeah. so, I think what we have to keep in mind is there's no shortage of clients. So the scarcity mind t- mentality of like, man, if I get these people, like, what am I going to do with them? Like yeah. the clients exist. And if the problem is you can't find them, like that's a different problem to solve. What no successful advisor will question is that you need a team of people that are that are good, that are, that are delivering on your promise of like good customer service and good ideas. So if that is the biggest obstacle is the head trash of like, I don't believe more clients exist. Yeah. I don't believe I could afford these people if I hire them. Yeah. I don't trust myself that if I free up half of my schedule that I will use that time well. Well, let's talk about that stuff. You, you pose an interesting question, which is an internal dialogue that almost, it's almost like the conversation that doesn't happen because if I'm not doing that, then what am I doing? It's yeah. like, oh, I'm doing the scarier stuff. Or maybe you're doing the stuff that you really should be doing. You know, yeah. but I, I think there's part of the advisor mindset, and this is just part of maturing, even if you're 45, still maturing, right? Yep. Uh, is maturing in your thinking and saying, like, I know I can't do that. Maybe I'm good at it, but what am I great at? How can I really 
work on my superpowers. Mm-hmm. And that's where you go do big stuff. You're, yep. you're, you're, the people that you know in your life that are doing big stuff aren't doing the little stuff. Yeah. Right? Because they know what their big stuff is. They know where their real value lies. Yeah. I think about um, Warren Buffett. And he talks about how much he reads. Yeah. How, why do you have time to read? Because that's his his superpower is knowledge and perspective. Yeah. And he has enough excuses to not read if he wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. It, he does have plenty of excuses. But yeah, this idea of like, well, that's the, that is the best use of his yep. time and energy. So he's going to have a team to to support that. So part of this is knowing your superpower and then building around that. Yeah. You need to create white space for yourself. I and mean, we have an event coming up in January that, I mean, that's a... That is content that created a half a million dollar or more revenue stream for me in my business that there were years I didn't think I had time to go to something like that. Mm. I was just surviving and keeping up with the clients I had and doing some onboarding. Like if you as an entrepreneur, as a leader of a business, as a, of a leader of a practice are not finding time to go places and learn things that would shake everything up. Yeah. That's an indicator too, that, that it's a people problem. That's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. That's a problem. I, I, had, I had a friend recently shared with me and he runs a very successful business and he said, the greatest measure of a successful business owner is their ability to not be present and the business still operates. Yep. Now, how long you're gone, you know, that that can be negotiated, but it, it's it, it's not a true business if, you know, I think about Disney. Well, Disney's been gone a long time. Mm-hmm. Disney's still going, yeah. right? Whether you love them or not, like they're still going, right? Yeah. Uh, Steve Jobs is gone. Yep. Apple's still going, right? Yep. It, it's that is the measure of a true business. And and that's what we want to encourage you. Yes, it's harder. Yeah, I think, is but, your practice that you just created a job for yourself? Yeah. Or are you a business owner, which is where you're trying to build something that works yourself out of a job? Yeah. Like, I think that's, and I would, if I, 99% of advisors that we'd sit across the table, if we asked them that, they would say, of course, that's what I want. But most advisors are making decisions and creating more work and a busy job for themselves. Right. And that's not the ultimate goal. Yeah. Well, thanks for that, Stan. I think that the idea of building your ideal team is it's a worthy goal to shoot for. And you who are listening, you might be six months from that. You might be two years from that. Yep. You don't have to be 10 years from it. Yep. And the practical step is who is that next person on your team? And if you don't know, do an audit of your practice and say, where's the biggest headache? What's the thing I do that I don't enjoy the most? What is the thing that if I was able to spend my time on would grow the practice? If you do that exercise, you will come out the other side realizing like, yeah, the, the only way this is solved is with somebody. And if it's a job description issue, reach out to us. We have them. Like I'll yeah. give you the job descriptions of people on my team. Like yeah. all of those things are, are solvable. They're probably excuses that are stopping you from taking action. But uh, this path has been blazed already. You just have to follow it. Absolutely. So the last bit of practical advice I'm going to give you today is to go to a URL. Go to stenmorgan.com slash podcast. And here's why. Because every single message that you send us, we read and reply to. Yeah. I don't care how how many years from now you're listening to this, that will go to a person who cares and who will respond. So if you have a specific question of, okay, here's my situation. Mm-hmm. I'm a special snowflake and mine's unique because everything's your situation is unique. And to some degree it is because yeah. we're all different. If you have a question for us, we want to be a resource to you. Yep. So reach out to us, whether you're part of our monthly membership, whether you're coming to our event in January or not. We'd love you to be part of those things. Yeah, uh, You should. But if you're not, that's okay. Send us questions. We want to help you grow uh, your business. We want to help you build your ideal planning team. Thanks, brother. Hey, this is Andy again. Uh, I, I wasn't kidding when I said that we want to help you in the development of your team. So please go to stenmorgan.com slash podcast. 
And let us know what questions you have about building out your ideal planning team. At stemmorgan.com slash podcast, you'll see a field right on that page for you to send us a question. There's also still time to register for our How to Charge Live event at our headquarters outside of Nashville. Go to stenmorgan.com slash howtolive. That's stenmorgan.com slash howtolive to get your seat. If it's full, you can just add your name to our waiting list and we'll notify you when we have our event next. On behalf of Sten and myself, thanks for listening. And remember, be kind to yourself.